Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Tiger Woods is back. We will get into how he's looked over the first two days here at the Genesis Invitational. But first, it was Tiger Woods' first press conference of the year here on Wednesday at Riviera. A lot to discuss, his health, his game, uh, his views on the current state of affairs in professional golf, uh, most specifically the $3 billion deal with the Strategic Sports Group, as well as the ongoing negotiations with the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Rex, you were part of like a three-hour Golf Today desk. I was supposed to join you and then didn't. I was in the room where it happened, so to speak, here at Riviera. What was your big takeaway from what Tiger Woods had to say on Wednesday? It's a little scary because we had to vamp a lot. We were waiting for Tiger Woods. Vamping in TV means we just talk because we're wasting time until Tiger Woods gets to the microphone and you get to hear the person you actually want to hear from. And one of the questions that me and Todd, Todd Lewis, my colleague on Golf Today, were talking about was, okay, we've been in these rooms before. What would you want to ask him? And we're sort of batting back and forth questions. And look, man, like I love Todd, but you and I both know Todd threw out like a three-parter. And I'm like, dude, nope, miss. Nope, n- nope, nope. No, we can always we can always follow up, but let's just stick with one. Anytime yeah. you go multiple part question with an athlete, they're going to go the path of, of least resistance. Absolutely. Right? And and I will say this, the question that I wanted to answer the most, you asked. So apparently you and I share a mind. I, I was very impressed. You, you, you asked him about the pathway back for live players. We can get into that a little bit later. I, I it was it was curious. And afterwards, after we finished up golf today. And there was some TV stuff going on. So then we, we kind of spilled over into Golf Central. And Jimmy Roberts asked about what did you take from sort of his attitude? You know, did he seem like he was in a good space? Did he seem like he was in a good place? And I go, it seemed like he's a 48-year-old guy. He's had a bunch of surgeries, played a really, really cold round of golf, and he probably just wanted this to be over. The, the press conference was 24 minutes. So he didn't spend a lot of time elaborating on things, but he normally doesn't. I, I I didn't take anything away from there. Well, I, it was twofold. It was one, and we can we can address this this way. One, it's the business of the PGA Tour, and because he's so embedded and at the very very heart of how the decision process is being made, we can get into that. And the other is sort of the state of Tiger Woods. And honestly, uh, I, I use this anecdote. I've done it with you many times, so you're going to roll your eyes. Tiger Woods told me a long time ago he's never won a pro am. So I don't pay a lot of attention to what he does on a Wednesday at a PGA Tour event because he's not trying to win on Wednesday. He's trying to win on Sunday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, let's let's stick first 
with like this current state of affairs? Because I thought that was going to be most interesting. Like we'll have plenty of indications over the next two or four days, depending on how Tiger Woods plays. What we we can project either for the Players Championship, which presumably would be his next start in a month, and then the Masters, obviously, uh, two months away. The the biggest takeaway to me is that Tiger Woods seemed like a, almost like a politician, where he was very cognizant and aware that what he was saying as one of golf's most influential voices was going to reverberate beyond the walls of the Riviera Clubhouse. He had to have known that representatives from the PIF were going to see this in Parsons' words closely. He had to think that the PG Tour membership was hanging on his very word. And so he seemed very hesitant or reluctant to tip his hand in any way, kind of knowing the weight of his words. He was so vague discussing not only the strategic sports group and what they could potentially be doing with this $3 billion beyond, you know, kind of paying off the players for their loyalty. He just said, basically, we want to make the best tour we can and have the best players uh, playing on our tour. He had, he at least publicly, he did not share any details of how they would arrive to that point on the PGA Tour. But the most interesting thing to, to me, Rex, was his thoughts on the PIF. First of all, he has never met with any representatives from the PIF, including uh, the governor, Yasir Al-Rumayn. As you remember, Roy McElroy was the one who late in 2022 had a conversation with Yasir in Dubai, basically asked him, what does he want to do with the game of golf? And it was kind of that initial conversation that eventually led to the framework agreement that we saw on June 6th. I found that fascinating how two of these uh, e- enormous uh, personalities and influential figures have never even just had a conversation. Uh, and to me, that that spoke volumes about where we are uh, and potentially where we're headed. Uh, that's funny because I on Golf Central, when we were sort of recapping the press conference, I called him Tiger the Diplomat because I think you're absolutely right. And look, Todd Lewis, my colleague, he kind of weighed in a little bit heavier he said that he seemed to echo the comments. Tebow had some takes, did he? He had some takes. He, uh, not, I wouldn't call him hot, but uh, lukewarm takes is what I would call him. And I think in this particular case, he was saying that, well, essentially he's saying the same thing that Jordan Spieth said two weeks ago at Pebble or uh, Adam Scott. And and I go, no. I go, it was softer. I go, nuanced, but it was very, it was softer. Because if you paid attention, you went back and you read the quote, what he said was, we would like to have the PIF involved in our tour. That's that's the line that you need to go with. And then he went to what I assume, and I think it's a safe assumption, is the company line, which is we have a huge influx of cash with the SSG investment, $1.5 billion with an option for another $1.5 billion. We don't necessarily need you right now. And so if we're going to go to the table, we're going to try to get the best deal possible. The tour is in a better negotiating spot now than they were three weeks ago before the SSG deal got announced. And this is all part of the negotiations. I've said this time and again, and I'm going to go back to it. I don't see a future that doesn't include the PIF in the PGA Tour and SSG together somehow. The last two weeks have been a disaster for professional golf. We need to get out of this cycle of making things only worse. That being said, I think all he did today was sort of reinforce the idea of these are the talking points. And this is what we're going to stick with because even when you asked him and look, bravo to you because you and I apparently share a mind sometimes, even when you asked him about the pathway back, which has been a hugely 
polarizing issue with after what Rory said at Pebble Beach. He said they players who join live should be allowed back without any kind of penalty or, or fines or suspensions. And there's a bunch of players who pushed back. Even on that front, he said absolutely nothing. It was we're looking at a bunch of different models, but there's no solution right now. And that's just him being the diplomat. It's like, look, man, I'm in the middle of this. We're, we're digging through this every single day. We're having meetings. We're having emails. And it's not going to be a quick fix. And, and to me, the more that this, the more that time passes, like the only thing that matters is what this pathway looks like. Looks like, you know, this is this is not sustainable to have two tracks, a PJ Tour track and a live golf track, and and them to be going in separate directions. Golf is a niche sport, and it's just it's not sustainable. It's not healthy for either tour to be in this position where you're dividing talent. You look at the T sheet. This week at the Genesis Invitational, I've and I've kind of bandied this about with some of my colleagues in the press room. There's about five or six stars on the PJ Tour who are on this field list, and then the rest of it, it's it's basically just depth. In 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 like them or loathe them, you look at the players who are now on live from Brooks to Bryson to DJ. Even, you know, kind of lesser personalities like a Sergio or a Terrell Hatton. Obviously, John Rahm was the big signing in the offseason. Like, they don't just provide depth to the PJ Tour. They provide the, the top-end talent that is recognizable to all of the fans. We're not going to name names about who who in this field, you know, does not comprise a quote-unquote signature event. No, I want you to name names. Do it. That'll be that'll be the the the, the, the after show. But I, I think it's I think it's becoming clear that that if this is the very best that the PJ Tour has to offer, and and look, it is it is it's sixty five degrees, it's perfectly sunny here in Marina del Rey. Uh, this golf course, Riviera, is a is a timeless classic. Uh, it's arguably the best venue on the PJ Tour Rota. But you look at this tee sheet, it just it's not it's not working. It's 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 not working. If this is the best that the PGA Tour has to offer, I have a hard time imagining a scenario in which the PGA Tour can become even more profitable. Like you have to develop a pathway back for these players. And for him to say, you know, simply that they're just running through the models, like they've had the task force ever since the 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 June sixth agreement. This is this is nothing new, uh, and to not have any sort of clarity at this point, I think it just speaks to how divisive this issue really is among the tour membership. And to be clear, it will be the key issue. Like we can sit it and is parse. The only, it's the only issue. Exactly. And and I always get sort of strange eyes when I, and I've, I've been in Connecticut and I've been around a lot of executives for the last couple of days. So I always get a weird look when I say that. And it's like, look, it's a multi-billion dollar deal. International law is involved. The DOJ is going to be involved. There's a lot of layers to this. But when it comes to, is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? It's going to come down to what the path back looks like. And if the live players, quite frankly, are comfortable with what they have to do or not do. And I think Rory probably had it right. And like, look, you may not like the messenger. You may not like the message, but he's right. The only way this deal works, if you just let those players come back and then you figure out from there what the product's going to look like, because I will double down on this. The last two weeks in golf have been a disaster. And part of it's been weather at Pebble Beach and last week in Scottsdale. Part of it has been 
way too much alcohol, which we covered when, when it comes to TBC Scottsdale. But the bigger issue is I have friends texting me, asking me which one of these events I should watch. Should I watch the live event or should I watch the PGA Tour event? And it's become increasingly harder for me to say, watch the PGA Tour event when you have a final round pairing of Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, and Dustin Johnson at the live event. Like, I, I still contend the PGA Tour has the better product, but the gap's been narrowed so much. And one of the interesting things I think Tiger Woods said, and I just pulled up uh, his press conference transcript, he said, quote, varying degrees of ideas and what that looks like in the short term. Varying degrees of ideas is probably not the, the, the phrase that he was looking for. To me, that means varying degrees of punishment and what these players are going to have to do to earn their spot back on the PGA Tour. Is that monetary fine? Is that some sort of uh, longer suspension or uh, kind of a, 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 a longer pause for those who potentially sue the PGA Tour? Does it mean you have to play? I've heard ridiculous things like they don't have to play corn fairy tour events or they'd have to play uh, other events on the PGA Tour schedule just to be able to get into the quote unquote signature events that they're going to have during the PGA Tour season. That seems to be what he's talking about when he says varying degrees of ideas, but that does not benefit anyone except the players who have remained loyal. A, a, a punishment is, is just not a feasible scenario. They should be trying to welcome back these players as quickly as, as possible. I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast. It, there's, there's clearly some, some bitterness, some resentment, probably some jealousy of the players who left for live and got, 100, 150, $300 million, whatever it is to sign. But the players who remain loyal to the PJ Tour, they've still been enriched through this process. They're playing for more money than they ever have in the history of the PJ Tour. This week alone, at the Genesis Invitational, the winner is getting $4 million. And now you develop this equity program with a, with the strategic sports group. I, I mean, these guys are still doing well. But if you're thinking long-term and how do you make the best possible product for the PJ Tour, how do you get the best players all together again? How do you make this more entertaining and grow the brand and the amount of interest in the PJ Tour? There's one solution and there's one solution only. It's to get these players back and to get them back as quick as possible. Yes. I mean, the game's got to be reunited. And whatever that looks like, to your point, I think the quickest, most efficient, easiest way to do this is to simply allow them to come back, but don't give them equity. So you mentioned it. Like, look, there's going to be a lot of money up for grabs when it comes to whatever this equity program is going to end up looking like. And then we, we went through some of the details in the podcast earlier this week. Just don't give them that option. Like, if that's the biggest penalty, like, look, you got paid when you joined. So you you got your paycheck when you joined Live Golf. We're going to let you come back with the status you left with. That's important. Like, Dustin Johnson gets to come back with the status he left with, but you like don't get to you don't get to have equity. And essentially, you can, I believe, I truly believe, you can sell that to the rank and file based on the idea that your equity that you're going to earn and they are not is only going to improve because of them. I mean, think about where we're going from there. I do want to point out, you actually wore the right jacket today. I'm proud of you. Uh, but I, unfortunately, I did not appear on television. I, I, it, had been, it had been bandied about that I was going to be on. Uh, yeah. But I can, I can now put, Rex, on my LinkedIn profile, preempted, by Tiger Woods, bumped out of a show 
by Tiger Woods. I was sitting there, I was sitting there waiting, had my earpiece said, had my microphone in place. I think you guys were going to commercial and I was supposed to come back on. And then all of a sudden Tiger Woods is on 18. Uh, I trust me as someone uh, who is still deathly afraid of television. Uh, it did, it did not hurt my feelings. It did not hurt my feelings to be bumped a- from a TV spot because of one Tiger Woods. I, I, I did want to get Rex beyond this. I, I feel like we probably belabored this point. Tiger Woods' health, Tiger Woods' game. Over the past couple of years, those two have, been, have very much been intertwined. What did you make of the recovery? You saw him last uh, at the Hero World Challenge and the PNC Championship. But talking about his health, did you sense any improvement on that front? Are you still optimistic that he can kind of go with his goal for 2024, which was to play roughly once a month from February until July or August. I was about to say, once a month starting now. So as we yeah. pointed out, his calendar only has six months in it, apparently. His calendar is different from ours. Uh, yes, I, I do. And, and this came up earlier in the show as we were watching him play his practice round. I'm sure you were out there walking with him. And at one point, Todd Lewis referenced the limp. And I was real quick to be like, no, it's not a limp. And this isn't me playing along. Like people inside of camp and Tiger himself has explained to us that it's not a limp. It's just the way I walk now. This like is his gate. That's this his gate. That's it. This is his fixed gate for eternity. He has two few sections of his body. One is his back and the other is his ankle. If you do not have the flexibility to be able to walk, this is what it's going to look like. He said his ankle, just like he said to hear what his, an- his ankle does not hurt. Now there's the kinetic chain. There it is. I love to say. That's a drinking game. Every time you say it, you have to drink. Yes. It hurts other areas of his body. His knee is sore. His hip is sore, whatever the case may be. But I think for the first time in a long time, Rex, it's not a matter of Tiger Woods's pain tolerance throughout tournament competition. Like we've, we've seen him grit his teeth and just try to make the cut and, and kind of fight through all the discomfort he's experiencing. And, and, and the game was kind of an afterthought, like the actual quality of his strikes was an afterthought. I, I think finally, as we get ready for this Genesis invitational, we can finally focus on where Tiger Woods actually stacks up at age 48. Can he still compete against the very best players on the PJ tour? To me, that's a, that's a more refreshing conversation than can he actually endure or survive 72 holes? Like the actual fundamental aspect of, of walking. And he has said this before. I don't know why. I'm, I was like a kid on Christmas when I heard it during the press conference. But the way he, maybe it's the way he phrased it during the press conference today was, and it was in reference to the way he made the transition was the reason I don't have a swing coach now is I don't know what I'm going to get day to day. Like I might wake up tomorrow morning and might feel 100%, or I might wake up tomorrow morning and have to crawl to the door. You know, it, you just don't know what you're going to have. You'd like to think that it's getting better. You'd like to think he's making some sort of progress. He doesn't give you a, a lot of sneak peeks into that. However, I'm taken by the idea that the best athlete of our generation, arguably the best golfer of all time, and he always had someone there to make sure that everything he was doing was right. Like he always had a second set of eyes is what he called them. And now there's no reason for a second set of eyes because I could wake up today and feel great. And we could go to the range and everyone be happy. And I wake up tomorrow and I'm dragging a leg and it looks like I'm about to fall over. And I mean, that to me is sort of Tiger Woods in a nutshell right now. And I, I think that kind of applies to what the expectations are this week. I did bring it up and I don't know if I did it on air, 
but I will say it now. It will be the, the irony will be there if he misses the cut after being the one who fought for a cut. <laughs> I mean, you 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 have to you have to you have to try to miss this cut because this is so 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 Pebble didn't have one. Everyone who started. Uh, you can have one person miss the cut. You can have no people miss the cut the way this works out because it's a 10 shot rule to, to explain. It's, it's 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 pretty wacky. So it's a it's a 70 person field. It's going to be top 15 ties plus the 10 shot rule. So it's just, if unless you have a situation like we had a couple years ago with Joaquin Neiman, I think didn't he race out to like a four or five shot lead at the halfway point? And there was kind of a, a, a greater separation, obviously, between number one and the bottom of the field. You've really got to stink over the first 36 holes to not make it. And I, I I fully expect Tiger Woods, based on what I saw in the Pro-Am, to make the cut and, and potentially contend. And you can look at the, the history that he's had at this Potentially contend. That's what you're going with. That, that, let's clip it right here. Let's make sure we have the timing on this. 1945. Please jot that down. Potentially could win. Very good. Okay. No, potentially could contend. And so, like, based on what I – you can you can look at the course history. He's played, I think, 15 times, only a handful of top 10 finishes, which seems which seems kind of crazy. He talked about it being kind of a fader's paradise. That's the predominant shot shape that Tiger Woods is hitting now. Uh, iron play has been the hallmark of his career, obviously. And with the tiny greens that you have at Riviera, you really have to be precise. It, it's, it has, at least traditionally, come down to way, the way that he's handled – the tricky, bumpy Poana greens, uh, and quite frankly, uh, he has not handled that particularly well. Based on what I saw, Rex, it, in, in the pro am, I think there's there's plenty of reasons for optimism. It, he's he's driving the the golf ball uh, extraordinarily well. It just a, a, a patented fade every single time. Uh, it's still plenty long. He still has plenty of speed. Uh, I love the way, and I watched him for thirteen or fourteen holes before I had to get ready for my non-existent television. Uh, hit. He, he's sorry, bud. Flighting, Next time, he's flighting his his trajectories. He's working the ball both ways. Whether or not he's going to contend, to me, comes down to his his play on and around the greens. You know, not having the tournament competition, he has not played an official event since the Masters. He's not played a regular PG Tour event since this event last year uh, at Riviera. There's just going to be some aspects that are a little bit sloppy, they are a little bit messy, that are a little bit untidy. If he is sharper than he's shown over the past couple of days, and look, this, these were pretty breezy practice rounds and, and pro-am rounds. Once he puts his head down, you would expect it to be a little bit sharper. That's what it comes down to. Uh, I fully expect him to make the cut. Whether he gets in is, is basically just going to boil down to his sharpness on and around the greens. Uh, the cut line is a little bit ridiculous. And I, I actually went back to last year. What did he finish? Tied for 45th, I believe, last year. And that was kind of a microcosm of his entire history at Riviera. If you look at his ball striking stats, I, he didn't drive the ball particularly well, but he probably you don't really need to. It's not an overly long golf course. But his ball striking was right there in the top third of the field. Gave away strokes around the greens. Gave away strokes chipping. Gave away strokes putting. And that's always been the case. I don't understand it. He grew up on POA, but then again, he also moved to Florida and, and started putting on Bermuda on a regular basis. And I can understand how, look, I'm in Connecticut right now. Some people seem to be really, really comfortable with it being 15 degrees outside. I'm not, but I don't live up here. Maybe I would get comfortable with it. So I, I think I'm with you. Uh, missing the cut is ridiculous. As we just pointed out, it's going to be really, you have to try have to really hard try. Yeah, to miss the cut. 
this week. I, I think anything around where he was last year, actually, I'm being a little less optimistic than you are, only because I just want to see where he is going into the Masters and the players. Like, There's much bigger, better events on the horizon. No offense to the Genesis Invitational, but I'm more concerned about where he's going to be when we get to TPC Sawgrass. Is it not that? He finished T45 last year. He still made the cut at the Masters before he eventually withdrew sure. uh, before the end of the third round with an ankle that needed to be fused shortly thereafter. Like he was in excruciating pain and was still making the cut. And so to, to me, it's, 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 it's a foregone conclusion that he would make the cut. It's, it's, is the sharpness in his game there? Having There's going to be rust. There's going to be rust. I just Correct. want to put that out there. Like I would Correct. not going out on a limb on that one. Correct, but without having tournament competition and that rust, is it is it a significant amount of rust, or is it just a little fine-tuning that potentially four more rounds at TPC Sawgrass in a month's time could get him sharp enough for the Masters? Keep in mind, when he won the Masters in 2019, he, I, I believe Augusta National was his seventh start of the year. He really played his way into tournament form. I think he's probably taken for granted – how difficult this task was going to be to, to just play the major championships and maybe one or two times. It looks good on paper, right? Like you, you, you play a tournament, you go home, you rest and recover and you kind of ramp up your preparation. You know what you need to work on it, at least in the limited sample size that we've had with this tattered body of his, uh, it has proved. Skip the waiting room. TireRack.com now offers convenient mobile tire installation in select areas. Simply shop TireRack.com for your next set of tires, and at checkout, choose Tire Rack Mobile Tire Installation. An expertly trained technician will arrive with your tires and install them on site, at home, at the office, wherever you are. You'll spend less time waiting and more time doing the things you enjoy. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. A little bit more difficult. What else, Rex, are you looking forward to seeing this week at Riviera in this $20 million event? I was looking forward to actually having you on uh, Golf Today this morning because I read your story last night on Justin Thomas. I thought it was very, very good. And I did, I, it was, it was well written. And I did take the idea that it, in whatever stage of the comeback he's in right now, that it's full flight, that he doesn't have to scramble for. Clearly, the swing is there. Clearly, he's scoring well. You pointed out all the really good strokes gain stats. I'll leave those to you. But it's the confidence that gets me. Like, he hasn't gotten back to where he's won. He hasn't gotten back to where he's JT again. But I feel like the swagger is there again. No? Uh, ab- absolutely. It was. I was struck while talking to him uh, on Tuesday and the stat that you referenced. And he's kind of quietly 
now amassed seven consecutive top 12 finishes. If you look at his strokes gained over the competitions he's played over the past six months, whether it was in Napa, whether it was in South Africa, whether it's the three events he's played on the PJ Tour uh, so far this season, it's not Scotty Scheffler. It's not Roy McIlroy. It's not Victor Hovland. It's not John Rahm, who has the most strokes gained over the past six months. It's actually Justin Thomas. He is driving the ball significantly better than he did uh, throughout the 2023 season. Uh, his iron play, uh, he's he's always been one of the preeminent iron players on the PJ Tour. Uh, that has gotten much more precise as well. And, and quite frankly, it's just cleaner. The, the, the quality of his rounds is just cleaner. He already has two more bogey-free rounds uh, this season than he had all of 2023. And so I'm very curious to see what what JT does this week. And, and, and while talking to him, I was struck not just by the, 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 the technical or the physical aspects that he had to change. You, you know, he said his, his hands got too high, it was too steep, and that was causing uh, some issues. That can always be fixed, right? Like he can, he can work and he can beat thousands and thousands of golf balls in South Florida to get that muscle memory back of where he needs to go. It was mentally what he had to do to get back to this position. I mean, I've known him for as long as I've been covering golf. He was he was a junior player on the AJGA when I first met Justin Thomas. He has always been a prolific winner at every level, everywhere he has gone. And so to have kind of this stark reality of, of missing cuts in the majors and shooting 80s in the majors and relying on captain's picks for cup competitions and going years with, without victories, it was such a foreign feeling to him. And now he can rely on a, a Jordan Spieth and a Ricky Fowler, who are close friends and who have kind of gone down similar paths. Uh, he keeps a lot of athlete friends uh, in other sports who have kind of weathered the the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs that a professional athlete is going to endure. But he said he's, he started working with Julie Elion, a renowned sports psychologist who works with a handful of PJ Tour players. Uh, Max Homa has, has uh, talked volumes about how much has helped. Wyndham Clark, the reigning U.S. Open champion, uh, employs her as well. And, and the main message that Julie tried to instill in JT was, this is not going to last forever. You know, you're eventually going to play your way out of this. The, the media makes it seem like a big deal. You you're seem to be floundering in some of these featured groups, but it's a long career. This is a temporary blip. Rely on kind of the body of work of your entire career. It took a long time for JT to kind of grasp that message, but he says he feels so much more at ease, uh, so much more like himself. Uh, this is this is definitely shaping up to be a, a resurgent year uh, for Justin Thomas. I'm glad you got that off your chest because you've been holding that in since you did not get to do it on golf today. Yeah, I mean that would have been a very long answer for Taylor. Yeah, like, really always, long answer. They always really have to keep those a little tighter. They always say. I remember Molly Solomon our executive director, uh, executive producer at Golf Show. He always says, if you can't say it in 30 to 45 seconds on television, just keep in mind this is on television, it's not <laughs> worth saying. You can you can spread wow. your wings a little bit on the podcast <laughs> as we tend to do. And that's exactly what I did there. But I think it's I think it's an important week. Scotty Scheffler, the putting issues that we talked about uh, on Golf Today. Uh, on Tuesday, Max Homa, uh, he loves this tournament as much as any on the PGA Tour schedule. Kyle Morikawa has been in good form. Victor Hovland, our FedEx Cup champion, has had a really slow start uh, to 2024 as well. What else has kind of caught your attention before they get going? 
Well, and you were there, so I want to run this one by you, and I said it today on Golf Today, just because I was taken by the the beauties, which is what they're called when you get a get a shot from the golf course. The beauties look beautiful. There was sunshine. There wasn't mud. There wasn't even ice. Like, I didn't understand what I was looking at. After the last two weeks, and again, objectively awful for professional golf the last two weeks between Pebble Beach, shortened to 54 holes, Scottsdale, which barely finished in the pitch dark on Sunday night after many, many delays. It looks like you're going to have a glorious week. A glorious for at least a couple of days, and it has been brilliant sunshine. Sun is like thirty percent chance over of the past couple of days. I was just pulling it up uh, right now. I saw potential for you know a, a quarter of an inch of rain. You could get some softness uh, on Saturday uh, evening as well. Like the fairways are still soft, but the greens are definitely uh, getting getting crispier. We've had a little bit of breeze, uh, but again, just brilliant sunshine. Not a, not a cloud in the sky. It should be at least for three days. Uh, absolutely. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Brilliant weather at Riviera. It should be a great event. I know you're looking forward, Rex, to getting back to the sunshine in Florida, can you tell the folks? So there was a there was a, a monstrous snowstorm that I believe it actually shut down New York City schools, which is pretty uh, pretty rare, uh, even for that area. What happened on Tuesday? Did you survive uh, the snow apocalypse that hit Stanford, Connecticut? Uh, I did. It came just as they predicted. I thought, well, it's going to snow and there'll be a little dusting on the ground. And it was overnight. And when I opened up the window, everything was white and it was it was blizzard, blizzard cr- conditions. And uh, we had to be, I think our call time was like nine o'clock. We had to be in the office and I am driving Todd Lewis around this week, which is creates its own issues and its own obstacles. So uh, it, that's already difficult enough. And he texted me and he goes, okay, you want to meet downstairs at like eight 30? And I go, I'm, I'm not driving in this. Like I'm going to take an Uber. I'm not, I'm not getting behind a wheel in the middle of a blizzard. And I got nothing. Have you, but ever, rid- have you ever driven in snow uh-huh. before? Uh, you, you want me to tell this story? Is that what you're doing? You're fishing here. Is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I have driven in snow. I have a little bit of history here. Uh, when I was in the Marines a long time ago in a former life, uh, I grew up, I was born and raised in Florida, unlike you in New York. So I've never driven in ice or snow. I hadn't at that point. And so I was going to be on patrol. I was a military police officer. And I told my watch commander, like, I, I, I shouldn't be driving tonight. Put me on a post. Like, put, give me a rifle. Let me walk a post somewhere. I'll be good. And no, 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 you're fine. Go ahead and do it. I wasn't on patrol five minutes and slid my patrol car into a fence 
and caused damage, minimum damage. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, it took me about an hour to do the paperwork. And he sent me back out after asking again, okay, now surely you're not going to send me back out in this. No, 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 you're good. And again, ice storm. So it was very, very difficult conditions. And as soon as I get right back, back out on patrol, there is a, there's actually a call now. So now I've got a, we're, we're, we're codes and, and I'm behind the fire truck and we're having to, to go because there's down power lines somewhere. And the fire truck makes the turn perfect. And I go to make the same turn. Not only did I lose control, I slammed my patrol car in the front of someone's house. There's a poor family that was traumatized as my lights blaring siren. That's like a viral video that you would see now. Like, oh yeah. Like how the heck did this car wind up in, in oh, yeah. this guy's living room? Watch so, it. And, and I, I, I can't say this with any amount of certainty, but I have to believe I'm the only MP that wrecked two cars in one night. Like maybe it's not true, but I, I have to believe. Anyway, so now fast forward to Tuesday. I'm clearly not getting behind that wheel. Todd Lewis ridiculed scarred, me. Scarred for life, apparently. Scarred for life. We get into an Uber, and the Uber driver was very brave. Like it, again, this was blizzard conditions. The roads were not clear. Like that's the point I want to point out. Like once they cleared the roads, it was like, oh, this is fine. I can do this. Roads were not clear, and we're driving to NBC Sports, which is where the studio is. Two and a half and miles. Two and a half miles. Not far be, away at all. Like a, it should be like an eight-minute drive. We're going up a hill, and we're behind a truck. And halfway up the hill, the truck stalls. And then it starts sliding backwards. And I turned to Todd and I'm like, there it is. There you have it. Like, not going to happen, brother. But you put your life in someone else's hands. Not a, not a professional driver. Basically, they're just an Uber driver. They're, they're, just, they're, just paid, they're just paid volunteer drivers. How would they, you have gotten to the office? What would you have done? Walked? I would have driven. I would have driven no. by car. I, I no, you wouldn't. New York. I absolutely would have. You sent me snappy chats. All it looked like was slush. There's a big difference between driving in snow and driving in icy conditions. Icy conditions, like to be honest, is are is just no joke. Like it doesn't matter how slow and how cautiously you're driving. If you hit black ice, like you could potentially be in for a world of hurt. In the slushy conditions, in the two or three inches of snow conditions that you were facing eight. at the time. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Eight inches of snow. Like get it get it right. Don't twist it. It Not was eight inches time. of snow. Not at one time over a 24-hour period, sure, but you're going to get snow plows every hour or so. No. They throw down salt. It should not have been bad. I can see why, with that backstory, why you were why you were a little hesitant to get behind the wheel. Fortunately, no one was injured. You yes. and Tilu got to the studio safe and sound, and we did a roundtable, and everyone loved it. Uh, but I did sure. want the world to know uh, that you were a little bit of a wuss. Uh, when it came to driving and what appeared at the time, I feel like I was being about two inches of snow and no, about two miles was, to go. It was eight inches of snow. And uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to make this argument with you tonight is Valentine. Who's your Valentine? Who's you going to dinner with? I can tell you who mine was. You can guess. Uh, I'm not going to dinner with my lifelong Valentine, which would be uh, my beautiful wife, Amy. Uh, I did send her uh, flowers on Monday, the day that I left, she was home. She received them. It all went swimmingly. She's uh, since posted beautiful pictures of, of, of my kids. We're also the Valentines on her Instagram account. To answer your question, I'll be going to dinner uh, with uh, 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 two colleagues, Ron Green Jr. and Mark Schlebaugh of ESPN, effectually known on this podcast as Bulldog. Bulldog. Not quite a romantic setting. Uh, it will not be a candlelight dinner. In fact, we'll probably just get uh, some tacos that were suggested by a listener of the podcast how are things at home what did you get bunk 
aka your wife for Valentine's Day and how are things? Uh, very well. And they weren't well when I left. Like we were, we were a little tense when I left. Anyway, they're fine now. Cause I got, uh, I, I actually told my son, I called him on Tuesday, right in the middle of the snowstorm. And I said, uh, go spend $50, like not 49, not 51, spend $50 on flowers and, and sign my name to the card for, for mom on Valentine's day. Okay. You he's had, got you had your son do your yeah. dirty work for you. I paid for it. Like everyone orders flowers. Like, why do I do? I, I have to go pick the flowers. Weeks ago, I ordered my flowers weeks ago to have them delivered at the house. You had a grunt worker bring flowers. No wonder your son. She's not. No, she's not angry now. And and I made reservations tomorrow night at the Melting Pot in Longwood, Florida. And so uh, that's your favorite delicious. restaurant. Fun, dude, delicious. Yeah, uh, it is delicious. I, I did also want to point this out because we always like to hear feedback from the fans, right? Like. We do. Every once in a while, we, we hear someone say we love the podcast. We had someone on Golf Today, uh, an interview. It was It's the winner of the Herbert Warren Win Award from the USGA. Her name is uh, Dr. Ashley Brown, and she wrote a book. It was called Serving Herself, The Life and Times of Althea Gibson, which is a fantastic book. And right off the top in break, as we were introducing ourselves, right off, like it's uh, – Hello, doctor. My name is Rex Hoggard. Oh, I know who you are. I love you in last podcast. Let's go. Oh, Let's yeah. Let's go, Dr. Brown. Gushing. And I, and I also wanted to point out, and I was so taken in, in just a monsoon of respect because, and you can relate to this just like I can, she researched and wrote that book for 10 years. 10 years. I can't research and write something for 10 minutes without losing focus and falling asleep or f chasing a kid around the house. And my editor, Mercer Bags, our editor, Mercer Bags, gets angry when I take two, three hours to write a game story. How about 10 years? Big Mercer, put a pin in this. I'm going to need 10 years to file this. Hope that's that's okay. Uh, Dr. Brown, big fan of the podcast. Thank you Met so much. Taylor today uh, at a local LA affiliate. A big fan of the podcast as well. It was great meeting him. Look forward uh, to working with Taylor uh, for the rest of the week at the Genesis Invitational. All right. As always, we appreciate the support. Appreciate the feedback, good and bad. Typically, it's it's more the bad mm -hmm. than the good, but we love we'll you guys it. either way. Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. I will be on site all week at Riviera. Make sure uh, to go to NBCSports.com slash golf for all of the latest news, notes, features, columns, etc. You can find me on the socials. I'm definitely not going to be tweeting. I'm still in a boycott uh, with the social media department. As it relates to our Twitter account, but I do have some stuff up on my Instagram uh, at Ryan Labner. We will talk to you guys on Sunday night as I uh, most likely wolf down some in and out before hopping on a red eye flight. And I know Rex yeah, will have some takes move. from the week as well, this $20 million signature event. So we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Enjoy the golf and enjoy the return of one Tiger Woods. Thanks, bud. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.